Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Top five coaches on the hot seat. We're at the halfway point of the season now. This is a an interesting season. I don't think there are like big hot seats yet. I think Neil Brown was the biggest, and I think he's, in my opinion, you got to take him off. I think he's four and one. He's at four and one when everybody thought he was going to be one and four. I think you take Neil Brown off. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think he, he has to be off. I think he has to be off. I and think some other coaches in the Big Twelve, their seats are heating up. Yeah, uh, there's there's one of them on this list. But we'll start in the ACC. Number five, Brent Pry from Virginia Tech. Only a second year. I realize this, but they don't really look like they're making any headway. And I don't think they're going to let him go after this year. I know they're they're two and three right now. They haven't gotten to the teeth of their schedule yet. I they've got to start doing something better. And maybe Kyron Drones stepping as the starter helps them. He's very athletic. He's we we saw him here. He's got he's got some athleticism that um, big guy, big arm, uh, very athletic. But we'll see. I just think that Brent Pry needs to. You know, he's he's fifth on this list for a reason. Like probably not there, but around like if he if they you know finish three and nine or you know four and eight after starting to it like it it's probably maybe you didn't make the right choice at Virginia Tech. Number four, Jack, I want your opinion on this one. Dana Holgerson. Oh. Look, he got caught in a roster crunch this year that was not completely of his own making. Understandable. I know he has the full support of Chris Pesman. I like that's not in question. And by hot seat with Dana Holgerson, it might be his own. Like he might be the one going like, all right, you know, that's it for me. I, I, I'd, I'd like to relax here. You know, I don't think he wants to go out like that. And I think that they'll give him more time, but if they continue to kind of play up, like play how they have been and, you know, they just emotionally so uneven as a team. And if that continues to happen, I do think that, going into the second year in the Big 12 with the league getting even bigger than it was when you agree to join it, and that meaning more competition for the players that you're going to be getting. And Houston's in a great, like, Houston and UC, Houston and UCF in particular. Cincinnati to some degree on this. Um, those being the big cities, um, schools, that you can maybe get some of those transfers that don't work out at the the university ofs in your state like that one to get the homesick people, especially in the recruiting area, hotbed like Houston. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to like Houston's one of the top three, like it's Houston, like Houston, Miami, Los Angeles are the three best recruiting cities in the country. And Houston is sitting in one of them. So they should be able to kind of maybe shortcut some things a little bit differently. And so 
you wanted somebody there at coach who can help you do that. I think that can be Dana Holgerson, but they've got to they've got to start playing better. They certainly have to start playing better. Yeah, they absolutely have to start playing better. I'm I'm actually on the record as saying that I think Houston can only give Dana these first two years in the Big Twelve max before they really feel like they've got momentum because of especially what you were saying about the recruiting bed that is Houston and, frankly, the transfer portal aspect of that, where guys who don't work out elsewhere will want to come home. Yeah. And where are they going to come home to? Well, I mean, you, you want to say it's going to be Houston. It's something that TCU has been trying to take advantage of in DFW and seems like they have did, they have started to. Do, do you know who's going to take advantage of it in Houston if Houston doesn't? It's Texas A&M. Yeah. You know, if they're not, I mean, they'd like Jimbo hasn't been big in the transfer portal. I mean, he gets he gets the guys out of Houston he wants anyway before they even transfer for the most part. But believe you me, he's going to start doing it because Texas is going to start doing it. So you get I mean, you better start taking advantage of that. Yeah, they absolutely have to start taking advantage of that, and they need to capitalize on the momentum that is moving up in the world, moving up a conference. Yeah, they they cannot let that that go to waste. So. They really, they can't afford to give Dana more than two years. Yeah, and I like again. I don't think he's in any kind of like imminent danger, you know. But he has to be ready to embrace he, that portal but, hard. But yeah, and I think he will be. But they've got to be ready. Like he's got to be ready to to, to pounce. They uh, they have to win seven games next yeah. year. Yeah, this this has before to, the bowl. This is a critical off season for him, uh, for sure. Unless that like, and the only reason I would see him getting fired this year is if they just it, if it just completely on fire. You yeah, know, if they bought him out and look like, I don't know, Rice. Yeah, <laughs> who they lost to. Yeah, exactly. Number three, talked about him a little bit earlier uh, in the show just a few minutes ago, Dino Babers at Syracuse. Dino um, has had some seasons where he started out well. Like last year, they started like a house on fire. They played the teeth of their schedule and didn't finish strong. They've got the teeth of their schedule coming up, North Carolina. Or Clemson, North Carolina, FSU, back-to-back-to-back weeks. That's going to be tougher for them. Uh, but if they can navigate the back half better, then he might be all right. But if playing the teeth of their schedule sends their season to a, a tailspin like it did last year, I think that if you're Syracuse, you you got to stop spinning your wheels. You, you, you do. And that's where they would move on. Uh, although he's he's brought more excitement to Syracuse football than like the previous five guys ahead of him. Uh, maybe going back to Paul Pasqualoni, who coached Donovan McNabb, but um, clearly they can do some things at Syracuse, and you can win anywhere if you do it the right way. Uh, and he's brought back some some juice there a little bit, but they've not been able to sustain it. And so they start out well when they're not playing good teams, but then, you know, if if your goal is just to go 6-6 six and six every year and, you know, win five easy ones, win one medium one, and lose the six hard ones, then – fine, keep Dino Babers, but right now that's basically what you're doing. You know, you lose the hard ones, you you win a medium one, and that that's it. Number two, Justin Wilcox at Cal. Uh, given everything, and, and Stanford just changed their head coach last year, but given everything that's gone on with Stanford and Cal, Cal needs to decide, as they're going to the ACC next year, who are you going to be athletically? Who are you going to be football-wise? And not that Justin Wilcox isn't a good coach, but you know maybe you need to, to re-identify who your program is. And the reason that you guys got left out of this until the very end, and it took, the ACC would not, would not have even entertained the thought of Stanford and Cal if Florida State and Clemson hadn't, you know, started going, Rock, we don't like our money. You know, had that, had that not happened, 
we want more money. Had that not happened, and that threat wouldn't have, I don't think the ACC, they, you know, they could have said like, oh, what about Stanford and Cal? They're great academic institutions. They've been like, so? They're all the way over there. We're fine. We got 16, you know, we got 15 teams. With Notre Dame plays us four times a year or whatever they are. They're in the basketball. We're good. Lots of nerd schools like UVA and North Carolina and Duke. We're good. We don't need them. Like, what money do they give us, you know? Yeah. So, now, maybe, but, like, I just don't think it would have happened if Florida State and Clemson, and, I, oh, I, I left UNC out of this, don't start squawking about money and saying they're going to leave. Yeah. I, I mean, you're absolutely right on that front. My, my thing about Cal and Wilcox is mostly just, one, are they going to care enough to yeah. even make that decision? And, two, if they do care enough, maybe they're smart enough to do the – we're going to give them a year in the ACC mostly to let the program get through the first-year struggles and, and, and then bring in a new coach. And it might be fair to Justin Wilcox to, like, maybe start working for a university if they start caring around him. Because, like, he doesn't care. He cares a ton. I mean, yeah. like, care around him. I hope I was clear on that. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. You kind of led me to that point there. Like, care around your coach before you're like, oh, he's not good. Well, do you care as much as he does? Because if you care as much as he does, then you'll give him what he needs because the reason that Stanford and Cal got lost out of this was pure arrogance and a total misreading of what college athletics is. Total misreading. Completely. It's an entertainment business. Yeah, I don't like how the two smartest schools acted the dumbest in this whole thing remain a mystery to the end of time. The nice way to say it is principle. I guess. They were holding to the old principle of amateurism, and which I know or, is gone. Or like, oh, well, or just saying like, well, we're in the Bay Area. Like, okay, what are if your... If it's that, they deserve the, everything what, we got. What are your ratings in the area that you're in? And you're just not everywhere else. In your own city. In your own city, how, how many people you watch you... The, the ticket game? Yeah. Like, how on. many people watch your own thing in your own city? Before you start telling me, let's... Well, we'll do great in Chicago. Come on. Number one, Billy Napier at Florida. Up, down, up, down, up, down. That's what the Gators have been for years now. Billy Napier hasn't changed that. I personally think that they should stick with him until he gets quarterback in the door. But I don't know if the Gator fans will be that patient. And I... Especially if Urban Meyer rumors are I, on the table. Look, that documentary, and like I did a video, we did we did it on the triple option today, where like Michigan State is not the job that Urban Meyer's taking. So nope. don't like when he says I'm not interested in Michigan State, believe him. Believe him. He is he is looking for the cream of the creme, the creme de la creme. Somewhere that he knows that he can walk in the door and say, These are the things that I need. Not to mention it would be completely stupid for Michigan State, who is riddled in scandal, to hire Captain Scandal. The only place Captain Scandal, in my opinion, can go back and try to reboot it is a place that would decide that they don't care about that because he did it before and they navigated through before and things could be different now, so maybe he won't do some of those same things. That's a little naive. You're right. But SMU. <laughs> but I would think that Florida, given that he did that and he's feeling all nostalgic and, you know, oh, look, I can get, you know, like he would put Tim Tebow on the coaching staff. Like those are things that would happen at, if he went there. I don't know if Tebow would go on the coaching staff. I and mean, he's making a lot of money doing 
not coaching. So, uh, but I mean, like that would be one of those things. So they have that documentary out there, or if you could call it a documentary, you could call it a, uh, a romantic retelling as opposed to a documentary, um, docudrama, maybe, I don't know, uh, what you call that, but that's out there. So I think that Billy Napier is going to be in a little bit of heat because look, Georgia is not getting any worse. Like they're not as good as they were last year, but that doesn't mean they're worse. They're still elite and the best team in the country. That's one of their rivals. The number that's the number one team in the country. The number five team in the country is their biggest rival. Miami, who they refuse to play. looks like they're good again. UCF is now in the big 12 is going to have resources. Like you gotta, you know, you gotta get going if you're Florida. Uh, here eventually. So I think Billy Napier is going to hear hear voices for a long time when it comes to that, unless he gets them winning. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.